Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Oh, how is everybody? Welcome to Tuesday, a happy Tuesday, May 9, 2023. We are back from the great state of Israel, literally, and a whole bunch of us, 300 of us went, and we uh, missed all of those of you who could not make it. This was originally to be the Kat Kerr Kerr, uh, featured tour, and then she needed to take a leave of absence for a little bit. We'll get her back. And then Robin stepped in to take over that. So we're very, very grateful. It was powerful, powerful. Uh, Let me just show you all. We'll talk through a few photos. And then in a week or two, we're going to have some video for you to show you so you'll you'll know what we went through. This was in the main dining room in Jerusalem. You see Mike and Lori Sally, my wife there. To the left, Michael Wilhelm at the very back. Steve Swanson did this. Uh, and then uh, Yvonne and Mina Atia there. So go ahead and show those next photos. We won't take a lot. This is a boat. We were, I had three boats tied together on the Sea of Galilee. That was amazing. Michael and Lori Sally on the boat on the sea. Uh, then there's Robin and uh, Robin Bullock and Steve Swanson. Those two were, those. that was a pair, man. Um, they had some trouble with his guitar on that thing. But later on in Shiloh, they were they just man they rocked the outside so yeah this was the middle boat that a lot of us were on there's a boat tied on each side of us so there's my wife and i and let's see what else is that the last oh there's robin again oh robin prophesied off you see the sea in the distance that's the mediterranean sea and uh robin is prophesying from the mount carmel this is the place where um no one knows the exact spot but this is the top of mount carmel probably pretty close to the exact spot where Elijah uh, confronted the prophets of Baal. So Robin is prophesying. We're going to show that as Robin and I are heading toward the boat. See what else we have. And there's the group. Um, This is mostly the adventure tour. This is all Elijah's dreams people. Every one of these is an employee of Elijah's dreams. And, uh, and most of them are adventure. I'm in the back there. My wife is in the front in the dark blue. So it was great. We did the baptism. This is young Paul. Most of them were not that young, but, uh, this is there were like five of us couples doing baptisms, and Doreen and I did were one of the five couples. So it was amazing. And this is an actual photo snapped in someone's camera. Uh, I don't know if it was one of our staff or someone else. And when they looked at it, there's a light beaming right into the garden tomb where we all were at that point. So I, there was another one that showed up at the baptism where someone had snapped a picture. It was either just before it started or just after it was over. And I didn't have a chance to chase it down. There was another beam and it was heading straight down like that. So a lot of things like that were happening. And Robin was in rare form. He prophesied. He was like a prophesying machine to use a term we sometimes use. He just like, and his teaching just gets better and better. So we will talk later in the year about um, a year and a half, a year and three quarters from now, we're going to bring Robin back to Israel. He's going to do, some may remember that Kim Clement did concerts. Uh, a few concerts in Israel and we're going to bring Robin back. This was his idea where he would do three concerts in two in Jerusalem, maybe one in Galilee. I think there's a uh, place by Masada. I'm not quite sure where all we're going to do it, but three concerts and uh, it'll be a tour and then evening, three different evening concerts where he'll probably, oh, this will be broadcast all over the world. So it's going to be amazing. So, all right, quick, let's run that quick spot about, uh, we've got a new spot about the wells that we're digging or you're digging. Go ahead. Every one of those places that you saw are places we've done water projects, but you've heard me continue to say, there's other places we've done it, and there's other places, and we're going to tell you about it. 
we didn't have the photos for them all so we've been slowly gathering those photos together we have most equipment and people and helpers in uganda and then we've dug way more wells in uganda than any place else but we've done things you saw ethiopia and nepal and mississippi and the sioux lakota lakota sioux tribe and all the and there's a few others that i can't remember uh, every time you sow into this you you your money is put with the, the money that goes to these well projects and god's writing it down as uh cat said god the father god loves to write things down he's a writer and uh, he's just is constantly writing all these things down. These rewards are, will be given to you. God knows where your money went. And so that's uh, a serious deal, Fun, a good serious. So, all right, time to bring in Dave Hayes with who we also known as uh, uh, the praying medic. Yeah, he usually goes by praying medic, also known as Dave Hayes. So it's going to be great today. It's going to be very, very good. So without further delay, here's Prophets and Patriots and Dave Hayes. Here we go. Good morning. At least it is morning where I am. What time is it where you are? Hey there, you handsome bald man. I know. Uh, there just needs to be more of us on the earth. Yes. Uh, light, at light the same time, uh, I'm in Arizona. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And we don't do daylight savings time. So in the summertime, we're on the same time zone as the West Coast. And in the wintertime, we are uh, on mountain time uh, an hour ahead of you guys. So. Yeah, are you probably the only state that like you set your foot down and says we're not doing that, huh? Yep. Arizona yeah. said we're not we're not buying into the daylight well, savings for, time. For things. good or bad, Arizona's a stubborn state, but that's probably a good one right there. Yeah. Uh, then the stubborn part of you know they they won't move. I think they are the pivotal state um, as it relates to the elections that's going to be uncovered when it falls, and that comes. I think everything turns over. I don't know if you had any one minute thought about that. Yep. So there was an interesting. Uh, Carrie Lake had a hearing yesterday with Maricopa okay. County. It was a status conference, not an actual hearing, but it, some interesting information came out of it. And uh, her attorney presented to the judge, the Maricopa County Superior Court judge, new evidence that the tabulators that got all screwed up on election day in 2022, those tabulators were underwent a secret test after they went through the uh, accuracy and logic tests those tabulators are supposed to be sealed and they weren't. They retested them again. Over 200 of those tabulators failed the tests and they used them a couple of weeks later in the election anyway. And so Carrie Lake's attorney presented that to the judge yesterday and they have set, the judge has set a couple more dates in the next two weeks for, I think he's allowing pretrial motions by the end of this week and then wow. they're going to start the trial next week. So it's things are happening in Arizona, and I think the Kerry Lake is going to be um, vindicated. That's so good. And if vindicated, that means she might be able to take her rightful seat. Is that what you mean by that? That's what I mean. Yeah, awesome, awesome. I, th I think we're going to have a new election in Arizona, actually. That's, oh, and, and they'd still have to redo the election, or would she be temporarily there? Do you know, the judge can do whatever they want, but yeah. the most sensible thing to do would be to would be to order a new election with new a new way of doing it not using the same yeah. system yeah sometimes i think in a crucial thing you know in the middle east they when they finally started offering free and fair elections a decade or two ago they they came up with a system that if you vote once you dip your hand in this permanent ink that lasts a few weeks and you can't vote again because it's if you vote once that's it that's i thought that's pretty brilliant yep. you know they should do that so well dave i know we'd, uh, we uh our time is finite and you've got lots of stuff we're going to talk about q 
And I'm going to ask you this. I'm excited about this because I understand that Q's the real deal. This is, I'm going to just throw this out as sort of a true or false yes or no. Is it that the, the more we know, what you're going to do today is going to convince us that Q is real and what they're up to. Is the point that Q is real for us to finally believe or our viewers to say, I, I for the first time I understand that it's real and what it's doing is because then we'll know that what that Trump is working a plan or that the military is working a plan. And what, what would you say? I would say that's a, a pretty good assessment. Yeah. Uh, the, the evidence that Q provides that he is a legitimate insider close to President Trump is evidence that suggests uh, institutional corruption is being exposed and the perpetrators are going to be dealt with. Good. Good. Well, I'm going to just let you jump off here and go for it. I'm going to do very little interruptions if I can help it. <laughs> All right. All right. So by way of introduction, for those of you who missed my last episode, uh, number one, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I've never been interested in conspiracies. Number two, I was not interested in Q when Q first started posting, although Denise and I were uh, aware of Q posting the very first week that the posts were, were coming out yeah. in at the end of October 2017. And uh, I kind of blew off Q. I didn't know what it was about. I didn't understand it. And then the Lord started giving me dreams, letting me know that I needed to take this seriously. So uh, I try trying to be an obedient servant. Uh, the Lord has actually given me probably somewhere around 200 dreams about Q's operation since uh 2017 200 dreams over 200 oh, dreams goodness. about q hey wow i would have weeks where all of my dreams are about q various aspects of the operation so uh, that became a full-time job for about three years following q's posts doing the decodes doing the research reading the linked articles watching the linked videos and and trying to understand what q is talking about so so today I'm going to give you just a little tiny bit of what I've learned about Q in the last six years. Awesome. Awesome. And you know, that little tiny bit is a lot of pages. So it's hold on to your hat, grab a pen and take notes. If you I, want to. I have done over 250 videos on Q. Have you really? Wow. Yes. So this is just a little tiny bit. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to um, kind of dispel a couple of common misconceptions in this broadcast and uh, kind of reframe the discussion about Q a little bit. A, a lot of people are under the impression that Q overtly predicts future events. And that is not true. Mm. Q does not overtly, plainly predict future events. What Q does is Q uh, <clears throat> will post um, uh, questions and make some observations on a subject and will allude to and hint at certain issues. And then uh, later, at some later point, weeks or months later, we'll look back at a Q post and realize, hey, wait a second, Q was actually talking about that very incident like a month ago. What, how did he know that was, was gonna happen? So we're, gonna, we're going to look at some of those like coincidences. Uh, they're, they are intentionally framed as coincidences because Q does not want to uh, prove he is close to President Trump in a plain, overt way. All of Q's 
evidence that he is an intelligence insider close to President Trump is done, uh, is provided really as circumstantial evidence, as coincidences. And if you stack up all these coincidences, one after another, after another, after another, at some point you might say, you know, these these probably aren't coincidences. So he keeps saying, and I'm no, Q, he, I'm no Q expert at all, but I mean, he, I see through, every time I, someone shows me it and I look at it, he's going, why did such and such? Why was he there at that time? What yep. what sense does that make? Who would have, yep. is this a coincidence? It's like that throughout his whole, their yes. whole, okay. And, and we're going to cover a couple of those posts today. Okay. All right. So uh, Q's first post was on October 28th, 2017. And it was in response to an Anon who was on the board who posted a message about Hillary Clinton being arrested. Now, this is a misconception that a lot of people have. A lot of people think that Q predicted Hillary Clinton was going to be arrested on October 30th, 2017. Q did not predict that. Mm. An Anon on the board predicted that, and Q responded to that post. Okay? Okay. So... That's the first post. Uh, you guys want to put up uh, image number one? There it is. There we go. All right. And I'm going to put on my spectacles so I can read it. <laughs> All right. You're going to make a spectacle of yourself here. Yes. And I'm going to, I'm just going to highlight one thing. When you, Q's first posts, Q did not sign any of his posts with the letter Q. He didn't use a trip code. And there was no way to really identify that these posts were by Q except by the user identification number. So if you look at the top of each post, there's an ID number you'll see there. And there's an ID number uh, on this first post that the top one is BQ7V3BCW. All right, that's that's Q's user ID number. And then the the post below that in, in, in the in, kind of in the little box in the window that says Hillary Clinton will be arrested. That user ID number is GB953QGI. So a lot of people have, and, and I myself did not understand this for a long time. This was not Q making a post and then Q responding to his own post. He was responding to a post by another Anon on the okay. board. So the Anon said Hillary Clinton will be arrested between 745 and 830 a.m. Eastern on Monday morning of October 30th, 2017. That was the Anon posting that. Q responded. HRC extradition already in motion, effective yesterday with several countries in case of cross-border run. Passport approved to be flagged, effective 1030 uh, at 12.01 a.m. Expect massive riots organized in defiance of others fleeing the U.S. to occur. USM's military will conduct the operation while NG National Guard uh, activated. Proof check. Locate a National Guard member and ask if activated for duty. 1030 across major cities. Wow. Something to consider about this post. At this time, what a lot of people forget is that there were protests and riots going on. Uh, there was nationwide protesting going on, and, and a lot of uh, anti-Trump people were threatening to physically remove President Trump from office. Okay, so Q, this post has to be put in the context at oh, the time. Wow. <clears throat> there were nationwide protests going on, Lance Wallnau's limousine got burned. Yeah, I remember I don't know that. If you remember that? He posted yeah. the picture of the limo that was taking him. That, yeah. that limo got burned by the protesters, right? <clears throat> so end of October, first week of November, there was a lot of protests going on. So that's just something to keep in back. 
Q is actually addressing that particular issue in his post. Now, uh, so a lot of people have said, okay, well, you know, Hillary wasn't arrested and, and this is all just a psyop and Q doesn't know anything and, you know, false predictions. Well, you have to follow the Q posts all the way through to the conclusion to find out what was what's actually coming of all this. So uh, a few days later, on October 31st, Q posted again and said there are more good people than bad talking about government. The wizards and warlocks inside term. Just going to help you right now. With, <laughs> Q has a lot of abbreviations, acronyms, uh, and inside terms. Uh, uh, so Q writes, there are more good people than bad, wizards and warlocks, inside term. We know from later posts, wizards and warlocks is a term for people inside the NSA. Inside the NSA. Okay, that's their sort of yep. code. It's, huh? it's, one, it's a little, word, little code word that they use for people inside the NSA who are the guardians of intelligence. Okay. That's what that term wizards and warlocks means. Are, is, are they supposed to be seen as white hats or black hats? They're what? white hats. They're good okay. people. Okay. Because yeah. the next sentence, the wizards and warlocks inside term will not allow another satanic evil POS to control our country. Oh, so, okay. There you go. Right there. So their job is to make sure that these satanic evil pedophiles do not hold the reins of power. Wow. All right. Realize Soros, Clintons, Obama, Putin, etc., are all controlled by three families. The fourth family was removed post Trump's victory. Wow. And I'll give you the the answer to that one. So the three families are the Saudi royal family, the Rothschilds, and George Soros. According to Q, those are the three entities that control geopolitics around the world. And there was a fourth family, but that family was removed after Trump's victory. And it's speculation. It could have been the Rockefellers. I'm not really sure who the fourth family was. Yeah. So the next part of the post, 11-3, Podesta indicted. This is talking about uh, John Podesta, who was Hillary Clinton's campaign manager, and 11-6, Huma Abedin indicted. Huma was Hillary Clinton's personal advisor. Uh, and let's see. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna read the rest of this. Okay. I just for the sake sake of expediency. All right. And a so, little quick to clarify this: when you're going through and you're reading these pieces, do I understand from you? Because this is your work. I mean, that you to bring this in this order. That when you read these things, like Hillary was arrested or Podesta was indicted, you you're kind of reporting this as not only a Q post, but as an actual fact. This is verified that these things. Did happen? Am I overstating that? Yes, <clears throat> you are overstating it. Okay. So uh, you're going to find out in about five minutes. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> if I, go ahead. You're going to find out in about five minutes that much of what Q posts is disinformation. Oh, okay. It's not factual. Intentional disinformation. It's intentional disinformation. Okay. Much more of what Q has posted over the last six years a lot more of it is disinformation than most people are comfortable admitting. All right. So I'm just going to, I just have to leave that out there. Q posted a lot of disinformation, especially. So anytime Q posted a prediction about an arrest, it was disinformation every single time. 
there was a prediction about an arrest. It was disinformation. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. Hugh uses these predictions, these overt predictions, to get the deep state to to make moves that uh, work to President Trump's advantage. And that's what this series of posts is about. They're forcing the deep state's hand by this disinformation. Right. It's distraction. It's disinformation. uh, It's diversion. It is what what military intelligence calls. uh, They they have a lot of it's they have a lot of different terms for it. But when you're running psychological operations, uh, military deception is is a term that you typically use. Uh, Mildec is the abbreviation. Military is famous for using deception, distraction, disinformation to get an enemy to do something, take a move, take an action, move troops here, do something. Uh, well, they did that in World War II a lot. Uh, there was there was a diversion on the on the Normandy landing. They got the Germans to put their troops in one place, and they landed in Normandy to 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 hit a soft target. So anyway, uh, the, this whole thing is a diversion. All right. And we're going to find out here in just a second what the purpose of the diversion was. Okay. So on November, uh, can we get uh, number three, image number three up? Here we go. On November 2nd, 2017, you asked who took an undisclosed trip to Saudi Arabia. Now, I'm not going to read this whole post, but I'm going to read the part inside the red box. This is the part that's relevant. Uh, And Q is asking about why Senator John McCain criticized Michelle Bachman when she was talking about Huma Abedin being connected to Muslim Brotherhood. And Q asks, why is this relevant? Who took an undisclosed trip to Saudi Arabia? What was the purpose of a face-to-face meeting versus a phone call? Alice in Wonderland. Let me explain Alice in Wonderland. Q often signs his post with signatures. The signatures are often related to movies or books. Okay. Jason Bourne is one. Uh, Iron Eagle is a signature. Alice in Wonderland is a signature, right? There's there's all these little phrases that Q will use at the end of a post. And all of the posts that contain a particular signature are about the same subject. And in this case, Alice in Wonderland is a reference to Hillary Clinton and Saudi Arabia. Q confirmed this. When Q started having Anans understand the signatures, he helped them decode them and we found out that Alice in Wonderland was a reference to Hillary Clinton and Saudi Arabia. Every yeah. post that has Alice in Wonderland at the bottom is a post about Hillary Clinton and Saudi Arabia. I mean, is there some sort of logical connection or is they just choose that at random yes. and from now on? It- no. Uh, actually, there was a, an associate of Hillary Clinton's who referred to her as Alice and he oh. referred to himself as the Hatter. Oh, okay. There you go. That's it. And that fact came out in some declassified emails, like two two years later after Q was posting. These emails were declassified, and we found out that this guy referred to himself as Hatter and referred to Hillary as Alice. And no one understood why Q called Hillary Clinton Alice, and then until his email was declassified, and everyone was like, oh, how the heck did Q know that? Hmm. Wonderland is is from an article about the the bloody wonderland of Saudi Arabia because prior to the um uh the, the Muhammad bin Salman taking over 
Saudi Arabia was a was a bloody place. Lots of um, lots of public executions of people for all kinds of non crimes. Uh, Saudi Arabia was heavily into trafficking children. A lot of pedophiles in Saudi Arabia. So it was it was called the bloody wonderland in in, in an article, and that's what the phrase wonderland ties into. So there is a reason behind all of these different signatures, why this signature is the, the signature Iron Eagle. If you follow that through, I was I was going to, I was thinking about doing a decode of that today, but maybe I can do that on a future one. Sure. The signature Iron Eagle is very inter interesting in that it, it um, spoke futuristically about an event having to do with Israel and, uh, and Iran and their secret nuclear program. And, the, the 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 signature Iron Eagle was used because the plot of the film Iron Eagle is very similar to what happened in an actual event in the Middle East. So there's um, the signatures are used because they're analogous or, or or they're similar to real life events. So you're supposed to when you see that signature, you go, oh, that reminds me of the movie. So this must be kind of like what happened right. in that movie. Okay, right. Got One it. of Q's signatures is Some of All Fears. If you watch the movie or read the book Some of All Fears you get an idea, it's a false flag to start a nuclear war between Russia and the United States, something that is currently a possibility. Q uses these movie titles, book titles, to hint at something that is going on in real life that is sort of reflected in a, in a film or book. Okay. So let's move on. Okay. Well, <laughs> All right. Yeah. So on this post, November 2nd, Q asked, who took an undisclosed trip to Saudi Arabia? What was the purpose of the trip versus a F2F face-to-face -face versus a phone call, Alice in Wonderland? So we then found out by looking, you know, reading the articles and reading the news. Oh, Kushner. Jared Kushner took an unannounced trip to Saudi Arabia the last week of October 2017. And here's, uh, if you guys want to go to number four, uh, image four. Yeah. So what we do is when we're, when I'm doing a Q thread and I'm doing uh, just an explanation, I usually do screenshots of news articles to help people piece together the answers to Q's questions. As Q said in another post, questions provide answers. So if we answer Q's questions, we then come up with answers ourselves as to what's going on. So in this one, this is a political article from October 29th. Jared Kushner took an undisclosed trip to Saudi Arabia. So let's go to, um, let's see. All right, so stay on that for a second. I'm gonna to go to uh, number five and I don't think, well, there is an image for that. Go to number five. Yeah, if you put up the image number five, there you go. This is the Q post from November 4th. Okay. Okay, this is two days after the previous post, which was November 2nd. All right. Q has suggested that American politicians were assets of the Saudi royal family. The Saudi royal family contributed at least $10 million to the Clinton Foundation uh, and potentially as much as $25 million. So why do the Saudis contribute millions and millions of dollars to the Clinton Foundation? Because they want they, it's pay for play. They expect yeah. something. If Hillary's going to become president, Saudi Arabia is going to get something in return for all yeah. the money they donate to the Clinton Foundation. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, I give you some of this and you give me some of that. So if you were a member of the Saudi royal family, 
and you learned that an intelligence insider on 4chan was predicting the arrest of your valuable American assets during the first week of November, Hillary Clinton, Podesta, and Huma Abedin, would you consider taking precautions to prevent their arrest? Wow, yeah. So got to think about this. There's an intelligence insider on 4chan, and he's predicting that some of your most valuable assets that you paid a lot of money to control are going to be arrested first week of November. You might want to take some kind of, make some moves to protect them from being arrested, right? Those American politicians were not arrested the first week of November, but the Saudi royal family was. Oh, wow. Wow. Dozens of members of the Saudi royal family were arrested on November 4th. Did that make the news? Was that national news? or it's in? It was in all the papers. It was okay. in huge headlines, right? So if we go to image number, uh, sorry, go back to image number five. So that morning of November 4th, dozens of members and hundreds of businessmen in Saudi Arabia were arrested by Mohammed bin Salman in a crackdown on corruption. Right. And and Anon posted on a board and said, wait, 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 go back to the post about the families that run everything and Trump being taken out or Trump taking one out. Was one of them the Saudi family? Seriously, because that makes this a happening. I remember the phrasing not making sense. I was like, oh, does he mean that Donald Trump took out the Clintons? But the Clintons were on the list as remaining. So I don't know who was taken out. He responded to this Anon and said, very smart Anon, disinformation is real, distractions are necessary. Saudi Arabia is primary, U.S. is secondary, then Asia, then EU, and so on. Alice in Wonderland, Q. So that in addition to the posts about um, the arrest of Huma Abedin and John Podesta and Hillary Clinton, Q that first week of November was also dropping a lot of posts about Saudi Arabia, SA, in in Q's vernacular. Q was basically running an operation where he got the attention on Huma Abedin, John Podesta, and Hillary Clinton so that the Saudi royal family wouldn't realize they were going to be the ones arrested. All right. So a little bit of a diversion. So, I mean, yeah, can I just restate that? So all of that act, all of those... All of that false information that that these guys are about to be arrested was really to set it up to make it to give you the opening for Saudi Arabian people, uh, criminals, whatever yeah. the, the family, the royal family. By the way, in a nutshell, why did they? What was the purpose that they got arrested? What was the story? It was a corruption crackdown. So, Awalid uh, okay. bin, bin Talal was one of the richest Saudi princes. He owned. Uh, controlling shares in almost all of the major mainstream media news outlets and Twitter and other social media platforms. Uh, the Saudis controlled the media at that yeah, time. Okay. Does and, they, do, when this happens, uh, Dave, do they get to lose all of their assets to the United their States? Their assets were frozen. Yes. Uh, actually, there, there's Q has a lot of posts about Awali bin Talal and how, and the nons going back and forth with Q. Um, and Anand said, hey, Q, uh, Awali bin Talal has been uh, basically told he has to put up some money uh, to get certain things back. And Q said he doesn't have any money. We froze his assets. In December of 2017, 
President Trump signed an executive order. It was December 20th, 2017. Trump signed an executive order freezing the assets of um, people and entities known to be involved in corruption, human rights abuse, and human trafficking. So good. So important. And the Saudi, members of the Saudi royal family, their assets were frozen. Uh, also for the Rothschilds, a lot of their assets got frozen too. So the the purpose of this was it was a takedown of corruption. Mohammed bin Salman. And, and you know what? Let me go to the next. Go ahead. Uh, let's go to let's go to number six because you'll you'll get a little more flavor about what's going on here. Go to six. So uh, in uh, in the November second post about Kushner's undisclosed trip to Saudi Arabia, uh, Q asked what the purpose of the trip was. Okay. Four months later, in March of 2018, the Intercept broke a story about Kushner and why he went to Saudi Arabia. He spent several nights hanging out with Mohammed bin Salman, providing him intelligence about members of the Saudi royal family who were plotting against him. Okay, so Awali bin Talal and a bunch of other princes were plotting against Mohammed bin Salman. Kushner went there to Saudi Arabia to give him intelligence about those people. That's why Mohammed bin Salman did the arrest of the corrupt members of the royal family because they were going to overthrow him. Wow. So <clears throat> this article uh, from March of 2021, Saudi crown prince boasted that Jared Kushner was in his pocket. Uh, and, and the article just goes on to explain that Mohammed bin Salman was bragging that he was friends with Kushner and Kushner was giving him all this information about traitors inside of the royal family. Right. So that was a that was a purpose of the arrests. It was, um, and if you want to go down a rabbit trail, uh, it's it looks like members of the Saudi royal family were in Las Vegas a few weeks earlier during the Las Vegas casino shooting. There apparently, and I'll, I'll just tell you that I've heard multiple reports about somehow that shooting that was national international news was related to the Saudi royal family, but yes. no one's ever really. No, there's there's no actual news. Yeah, there's no actual news stories about it. But it, Q has suggested that Trump was actually flew to Las Vegas that night, met with Mohammed bin Salman, and they uh, foiled an assassination attempt on bin Salman's life by members of the Saudi royal family. And that the shooting at the casino was actually a cover up for this whole thing. Oh. A diversion. Oh, in other words, the That's, whole thing was meant to be an assassination of bin whole, Salman. It sounds wow. like from what Q has said that it was an assassination attempt on Mohammed bin Salman. And the shooting at the casino was a cover-up diversion to kind of keep everyone's attention away from what was really happening. And this arrest on November 4th, a few, I'm not, I forget the date of the uh, of the Las Vegas shooting. It was, I think yeah. it was early in October. But this, the arrest of the Saudi royal family about a month later was uh, essentially retaliation. Okay. Uh, it was Mohammed bin Salman taking out the people in his family who were trying to have him overthrown. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah. Interesting stuff. Yeah. All right. So go. let's go to post number seven. All right. Uh, this is a long post. On November 4th, the day that the Saudi members of the Saudi royal family were arrested, you provided additional details about Saudi Arabia and asked what U.S. operators were currently working there. I'm just going to read this whole post. Follow Huma, H-U-M-A is in capital letters, 
there's two different meanings for Huma. There's the Harvard University Muslim Association, H-U-M-A, and it also refers to Huma Aberdeen. And uh, it, it goes down two different rabbit trails. I'm not going to cover that right now. Who connects Hillary Clinton, HRC, uh, the Clinton Foundation, CF, to Saudi Arabia, S-A? So who connects Hillary, the Clinton Foundation, and Saudi Arabia? Why is this relevant? Who is the Muslim Brotherhood? Q is telling us the answer to that previous question. Who connects Hillary, the Clinton Foundation, and Saudi Arabia? It's Huma Abedin, and it's the Muslim Brotherhood. Mm. Who has ties to the Muslim Brotherhood, MB? Who is Awan, talking about Imran Awan? He was a congressional staffer, hired by a bunch of Democrats, who ended up take, infiltrating, exfiltrating a bunch of um, information from Congress and selling it uh, on the open market in Pakistan Gee. and a lot of other things. What is the Awan group? Where do they have offices? Why is this relevant? Define cash laundering. What is the relationship between Saudi Arabia and Pakistan? Why is this relevant? Why would Saudi Arabia provide tens of millions of dollars to U.S. senior government officials? What happened when Hillary lost the election of 2016? How much money was provided by, to the Clinton Foundation by Saudi Arabia during 2015 and 2016? Gee. We know that it was between $10 million and $25 million. <clears throat> officially, that's what's reported by the Clinton Foundation. Hillary Clinton lost. Loss of access, power, and control. Does repayment of the funds to Saudi Arabia occur? If so, how? <clears throat> so the Saudis invested tens of millions of dollars in Hillary Clinton, thinking she was going to win, and she lost. Now they want their money back. All right? Yeah. So he was asking about repaying the funds. Why did B.O. Barack Obama send billions of dollars in cash to Iran? Why oh, was yeah, the famous on the pallet full of cash. Yeah, okay. Pallet full of cash. Why wasn't Congress notified? Why was this classified under state secrets? Who has access to state secrets? Where did the planes carrying the cash depart from and land? Why did the planes all, or did the planes all land in the same location? How many planes carry the cash? Why is this relevant? I did a dig on this. Yeah, uh, And it's in one of my Q books. It's very interesting that the planes did not all land in the same place. One helicopter was used. How they set up these payments is very, very sketchy. But not going to go into that. Just going to keep going. Do you, Real quick, do you know, did they all take off from the same place? And is there, no, is a, they okay. did not. Okay, weird. There were different locations. Okay. Um, what does this have to do with NK, North Korea? What mm. does this have to do with SA, Saudi Arabia? CF Clinton Foundation cash donations. What does this have to do with ISIS? What does this have to do with slush funds? Why is Saudi Arabia so vitally important? Follow the money. Who has the money? What is happening in Saudi Arabia today? Why is this relevant? Who was Abdullah bin Abdulaziz? What events transpired directly thereafter? How is POTUS Trump greeted compared to other former U.S. presidents when he was in Saudi Arabia? Why is this relevant? What is the meaning of this tradition, the sword dance that Trump was given? What coincidentally was the last tweet sent out by POTUS, President Trump? This is fascinating. Another rabbit trail. If you go back to Twitter on November 4th, right before the arrest of the Saudi members of the Saudi royal family, Trump tweeted about Saudi Arabia. And Q is suggesting it was a signal to the teams in Saudi Arabia to 
to go and do the arrests. So Q says, what coincidentally was the last tweet sent out by POTUS? Why is this relevant? Was that an instruction of some kind? Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. It was a green light. To who? Why is this relevant? Where was POTUS when this tweet was sent? What? Uh, what why is this relevant? What attack took place in Saudi Arabia as operators were undertaken, flying objects, um, there is a very interesting story about missiles that were being launched in Saudi Arabia. That's the flying objects reference. What U.S. operators are currently in Saudi Arabia? Why is this relevant? Questions provide answers. Alice in Wonderland. All right. Uh, can I ask you this one question on that? Um, I saw a video of that sword dance. Most people have never seen that. They don't even know what they're talking about. But he, yeah. Isn't, wasn't that the meaning of that? They were giving him the keys to the kingdom, so to speak. Yep. He's like the boss now. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a dance, uh, and it, it is to honor a highly esteemed guest. And yeah, it's essentially saying, we're giving you the keys to our kingdom. You're our friend and confidant, and we trust you. Wow. And you compare that to how the Saudis treated uh, Bush, Clinton, Obama. Well, and Biden, they, did the, they got the fist bump thing going. <laughs> Biden got the fist bump, yeah. And then, yeah, yeah we're not going to give you any more oil. Uh, wow. So, the... <laughs> There's, there's so many rabbit trails in this yes. post, but we're just going to yeah. focus on one thing, which is what U.S. operators are currently in Saudi Arabia? Why is this relevant? So let's go to number eight. Uh, if we okay. can put up graphic number eight. All right. Several weeks later, on November 22nd, it was disclosed by the Daily Mail that American mercenaries with Eric Prince's Blackwater were assisting in the detention and questioning of the Saudi princes. Okay. So here's a story. Exclusive American mercenaries are torturing Saudi elite, rounded up by new crown prince and billionaire Prince Al-Walid was hung upside down just to send a message. Mm. So here's the, the takeaway from this. On November uh, 4th, Q asked what U.S. operators were in Saudi Arabia. There was no news about what U.S. operators were in Saudi Arabia until Almost three weeks later, when the Daily Mail said, oh, uh, American mercenaries at Blackwater are there. How did Q know in advance that there were U.S. operators in Saudi Arabia helping with the arrests and the, and the detention? I mean, right. the, the emphasis is all the time that when Q knows this stuff, it's because there's an intelligence operation that's... Correct. That's <clears> there's an intelligence operation. Yeah. Q, is, Q is part of the intelligence operation. And Q, again, Q doesn't predict certain yeah. things are going to happen in the future. Q makes allusions and asks questions. And then weeks later, you look back and go, wait a minute, you you knew what was going on. Yeah, and if someone, yeah, someone could say, well, you didn't come right out and predict it, but you might as well, by your question, you knew probably what was going to happen. Yep. yep. So let's go to uh, graphic number nine. Okay. Okay. The correct predictions <clears throat> that Q has made are not really predictions. They're obtuse hints that can't be understood at the time that they're made. We can only look back after the event happens and go, oh, yeah. I see what you were talking about. After a news story breaks, we look back, previous posts, find one that seems to have hinted about it. Q posted about this on November 4th, the day of the Saudi uh, princes being arrested. When big news drops, please reread the entire graphic. This is so critical and why information is provided in a certain order and why some topics are continually emphasized more than others. 
as those will be the recent happenings. This is the purpose of this new thread. Reorganize Snow White, Wizards and Warlocks Q. Mm. All right. So <clears throat> the entire graphic. Before there were any websites that aggregated Q's posts and displayed them for the public, Anons were taking screenshots of all of Q's posts and putting them together in one large JPEG, one large image, and keeping them organized. And Q would, would tell Anons if they had all the posts correct or if something was missing, add this one or add that one or whatever. So um, the point here being Q is, has always told Anons, when big news drops, go back and read my previous posts and you'll see the posts that talk about this issue, this issue from weeks or months earlier. Okay. That's yeah, that's Q's operation. And and on that, if it's weeks or months later, are some of those were on year to date deltas? Yes, some of them. So there's some very interesting uh one year, two year, three year deltas. Okay. Where a news, a significant news story happens on the exact anniversary of a certain post by Q about that incident. Yeah. Uh, some of those are really interesting. Yeah. Well, and it be, so many of them have happened that way because I've seen dozens of them when and I've read some of them say, look at the three-year delta. The, the yeah. only way that could have been done two years ago to the date or three years ago is that they knew on what date something was going to happen. Yep. They just didn't tell you which year it was going to be. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Can we go to graphic number 10? Okay. There we go. All right. So on January 29th, 2018, the eve of President Trump's first State of the Union address, and Anon asked Q if he could get the president to work in the phrase tip top into his speech as a shout out to the Anons on the board. Right. So here's a post from an Anon. Maybe Q can work the phrase tip top into the State of the Union as a shout out to the board. And, and on this, they're trying to get, I know they would love this to have, but they're trying to get him to basically publicly with code admit that we're all in this together, right? Correct. Okay. Correct. And Trump has done so many of these. It's, it's ridiculous. Okay. This is just an example out of hundreds of things Trump has said or done as a wink to the Anons on the board to let them know that, yeah, we're, we're with you. So this is just, like I said, just one example. So this is in January, uh, right before the State of the Union. Now, Q was not able to get Trump to use the phrase tip top in the State of the Union address. But he did get the president to say tippy top in his public address from the White House on Easter weekend. Can we do the video clip, uh, tippy top? I want to really thank the first lady, Melania, who has done an incredible job. She worked so hard on this event. And so I want to thank you. That's beautiful. Also, I want to thank the White House Historical Association and all of the people that worked so hard with Melania, with everybody to keep this incredible house or building or whatever you want to call it, because there really is no name for it. It is special. And we keep it in tip top shape. We call it sometimes tippy top shape, and it's a great, great place. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so, just a coincidence, yeah. or was that planned? Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Very cool. Uh, yeah. So when when <laughs> when Trump I love it. said that on the board, the board went crazy that day, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, he's Trump with us. He top. loves us." Word. He said, "Yeah, it was requested." Yeah. 
All right. Yeah, very so good. Here's here's another interesting little coincidence. Okay. Can we go to graphic number 11? There we go. All right, graphic number 11. This is a post from January 19th of 2018. Q noted in this post that there were 13 people in the Obama administration and members of Congress who used private email addresses for government business. The initials in here, uh, I just read this post a little bit of it. Uh, Hussein, Q often refers to Barack Obama as Hussein. Uh, cabinet and staff, who used private email addresses? What was the purpose? LL, Loretta Lynch, HRC, Hillary Clinton, JC, James Comey, another JC, James Clapper, CS, Chuck Schumer, AM, uh, Andrew McCabe. We don't say his name is uh, uh, John McCain, RR, Rod Rosenstein, SR, Susan Rice, JB, uh, yeah. James yeah. Baker, head of the FBI. H.A. Huma Abedin. V.J. Valerie Jarrett. Did Hussein use a private email address at what he did? So Q here lists 13 people who use private email addresses. And this is illegal, for, right? This is for illegal. government correspondence, which is, right, they're doing it because they want to avoid uh, FOIA. Oh, for some, Anything yeah. that any government correspondence email with a, with a .gov address can be FOIA'd. But if you use a private email address, it's not subject to FOIA. Freedom so of Information Act. In using... other words, someone could write in and say, under the Freedom of Information Act, I want this occurred on this yep. date. They can, and, yeah, under yeah. the Freedom of Information Act, they can get access to public records and get wow. emails. But if you use a private email address, it's not subject to FOIA. So they were using private emails to get around uh, the, the FOIA requests. Okay. Right? And this is just an, an accusation by Q. We don't know if it was true at this time. This is January of 2018. Now, interestingly, uh, when the Department of Justice Inspector General report, can we go to uh, graphic number 12? Okay. When the DOJ Inspector General report was published six months later in June of 2018, uh, a footnote on the bottom of page 89 noted that 13 people, including Barack Obama, used private email addresses to communicate with Hillary Clinton, right? And here's the graphic. It's a little footnote here. FBI analyst and prosecutor number two told us that former President Barack Obama was one of the 13 individuals with whom Hillary Clinton had direct contact using her uh, clintonmail.com account. Uh, Obama was, uh, well, I'm not going to read the rest of it, but that's... So, again, the question is, how did Q know that these 13 people were using private email addresses, which was confirmed by the DOJ six months later? Well, and can I just say this? Multiple times, while he was still in office, Trump said, and after he was in office, he says, we've caught them all. We have it all. We've got it all. In other words, this is he. the reason they could list these things is because they already had it on them. They yeah. already had the evidence. They did. They they had it all. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the NSA has all of our emails, all of our text messages, everybody's communications. The the deep state has tried to set up networks that will go around NSA surveillance, but they haven't been able to. And when Trump was in office, he had access to all the information that the NSA gathered. So yeah, he did have it all. Good. Wow. Can, can we go to graphic number thirteen? Here we go. 
this is a watch proof, but we call it a watch proof. Hmm. Q, Q has posted a number of watch images over the years for various purposes. On December 2nd, 2019, Q posted a picture of a watch. The time was the showing was 129 and the date was uh, the second because it was the second when this uh, post went up on the board. So <clears throat> um, just a little uh, side, side note. Then sometimes the name of the image file that Q uses is relevant. Oh. And the name of this image file is idenconf.png. It's identity confirmation. This was part of a proof of identity because Q was now posting on a different board. And Q was going to, this is part of a proof where he oh. was going to show that he was the same Q that was posting on the previous board. What happened was, um, in 2019, in August, they took down 8chan, which was the board that Q was posting on at that time. 8chan got taken down. Their domain registrar got taken down. So Jim Watkins came up with another website called 8kun. And in December, he got that on board. And uh, actually in November 2019, Watkins set up another board. It was called 8kun. He set up a board that hopefully Q was going to post on, and Q did start posting on it and said, I have not, I'm not going to interact with Anons yet. I want to prove my identity, prove my, my trip code that I'm the same Q. So this post, IdenConf, Ident, Identity Confirmation, was part of the way Q is going to prove it was the same Q that was posting on the other board. Okay. Right. So the time on the watch is 129. And the text below says trip confirmed to relay one through 99 Q. All right. So this was, again, this is how Q was going to confirm his trip code had not been hacked. It was the same Q. Now, when this image was posted, Anans did not know what to make of it. We were like, well, what does that mean? Is it a prediction about a time? Is it a prediction about a date? We don't know what was, go what was going on, really. So you, you never really know when Q posts an image, what is the, why is this relevant, as Q had said, right? So <clears throat> one of the Anons thought maybe it was uh, related to the release of the DOJ Inspector General Pfizer report. Hmm. And Q replied, Anons, why would we provide the date of the Pfizer release? Logical thinking, ammunition is finite. Q does not intend to give the deep state ammunition that can be used to their advantage. So it wasn't an attempt. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, image 14. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, um, <clears throat> Q wrote, Anons, why would we provide the date of the Pfizer release? Logical thinking. Ammunition is finite. Q. Q doesn't give dates, doesn't predict dates overtly unless it is a distraction or diversion or something's going to Well, and yeah, and just like you said, I mean, if, if, if they did predict dates, the deep state would just the deep state would use it to their advantage. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's why whenever you see a date of predicting an arrest or something of that nature, you can almost be guaranteed it's a fake out. It's a head fake and we shouldn't go for it. And and I, uh, one of the reasons why I'm very reluctant to predict dates about anything is <clears throat> I've watched people over the years predict dates about this is going to happen. That's going to happen. Usually it doesn't come to pass. And right. those people are kind of made to look foolish. Yeah, uh, we we call that date fagging on the board. 
Um, that's the term that the board uses. The board uses if you're if someone some anon comes on the board and starts predicting all these dates, we call them date fags. Um, and and let me explain that. I should probably explain that. Uh, the word fag is a term that we use on the board to describe someone who has a, a special interest. So oh. if you are interested in the Bible and you study the Bible, you might be called a Bible fag okay. on the board. There's a lot of anons who follow flight track, uh, flight tracking apps. They follow aircraft and airplanes right. all over the place. They're called plane fags. Uh, <clears throat> there are people who on the board who have expertise in law, either they're legal assistants or attorneys. They're called law fags. So it's whatever you're you're focused on. It's not whatever your focus to, is. Yeah. You put that word "fag" on the end of it, yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. what you're going to be. Yeah. So, uh, so the date fagging is highly frowned upon yeah. by nods on the board. They don't like people predicting dates for things because the dates don't usually come true. Right. All right, and it's and it's not uh, it's not a slur. It's it's not intended to be you know anything mean. That's just the culture of the board. That, yeah. That's how we roll. So. Yeah, and I didn't make the rules. So if you want yeah. to complain about it, complain to somebody else because I came late to the party and I did not set this. Yeah, up. I mean, if you said, and you guys, you shouldn't use that term. It's been around. It's that's they are using well, it. That's like you know, there, there's there's a lot of there's an entirely unique language that they yeah. use on the boards, and now you're getting uh, a little bit of a taste of it. Yeah. So let's go to graphic number fifteen. Okay. All right. So. Now you remember, I just said that Q posted this watch image that had the time of 129 on it. And this was on December 2nd, 2019. All right. Exactly a week later to the minute on December 9th at 129, the Department of Justice uh, Inspector General's FISA report was released and it was posted on the DOJ Inspector General Twitter page at 1.29. Now, if you look at this graphic in the lower corner, you'll see that the timestamp is 11.29 a.m. I took that screenshot myself, and I live in the mountain time zone. And in December, when this photo was taken, we're two hours behind the East Coast time yeah. zone. All timestamps are recorded in East Coast time zone for the purposes of taking screenshots, posting them on the board, yeah. figuring out what the deltas are. Q told us early on, all timestamps have to be in Eastern time zone. Okay. All right. So this screenshot is taken from the mountain time zone, add two hours to it, and it would be 129 uh, PM. Mm. Right. So uh, at 129 on December 9th, DOJ Inspector General posts the FISA, uh, uh, the Inspector General Pfizer report. Now, an anon asked, "Hey Q, are you? Is this about the Pfizer report?" And Q said, "Hey, why would we give the deep state uh, information? We're not going to. You know, ammunition is finite. Well, actually, it was about the Pfizer <laughs> Pfizer release, but Q wasn't predicting the date. Q yeah. was predicting the time." Okay, well, can I ask you this? Um, yes. This was in what year? This was what year? This 2019. So this Trump 2019. is still Trump is still in office. So are we to presume that whoever posted this? at the Department of Justice. Was given instructions when to post it. In the exact minute it must be posted. In the exact minute. Someone told them, post this on your Inspector General Twitter account at exactly 129 Eastern. Wow. And that's actually hard to do, even when you know what you're going to do. And that is a little tricky because of the lag time on social media. Yeah. So, yeah. This, 
So this inspector general report was posted exactly a week to the minute after Gee. you posted that watch proof, that, that watch image. Now here's the funny thing. So the DOJ uh, attorney general Barr at the time, he posted a statement about the IG report and he posted it on the DOJ Twitter account at exactly 129 the same day. Barr did? Barr did. Barr posted his response to the DOJ uh, Pfizer report on his Twitter account at 129, at the exact same time that the report was posted on the Inspector General Twitter account. Barr posted the his response. Well, I mean, this is, am I just overstating this? Understanding is that if Barr did that at 129, he's playing ball with Q. Whoever playing... posted that on the DOJ Twitter account was told to post it at exactly 129. And supposedly Barr is not. I mean, anyone that's listening would say Barr's not a good guy. And, but this... and we don't. And we don't know who posted yeah. it. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm sure the Attorney General is not the one running the DOJ Twitter account. There's probably right. some person who's their job is to run the DOJ social media. But that person was told, post this document at exactly 129 Eastern today. Wow. Wow. All right. So not, not good enough for you? Hang yeah. on. There's more. <laughs> so U.S. Attorney John Durham, who is currently a special counsel, who's investigating the investigators of Trump, he issued a statement about the Pfizer report that was posted on the Connecticut U.S. Attorney's Twitter account at exactly 1.29 the same day. Are you kidding? <laughs> Everybody's in on this. <laughs> Everybody is in on this. So the so Durham's response to the Pfizer report, Barr's response to the Pfizer report, and the Pfizer report were all posted on Twitter at 1.29, exactly one week to the minute, after Q's watch post. Can we go back to post number 13 for a minute? That little watch showing the time of 129 was a predictor of something to come. And you have to ask yourself, is it a coincidence that all three of these Twitter accounts posted Pfizer-related things at exactly the same time, 129, the time showing on the watch, um, a week later? I would say probably not a coincidence. Not even, not even. Uh, Wow. So wow. Uh, that that in a nutshell is is my presentation. Um, so I just find it very interesting that Q is able to somehow, you know, pre, not necessarily predict, but foreshadow events that are going to happen weeks or months later, seems to have insider information, is able to someone is telling people to do certain things at certain yeah. times that line well, up with let me ask this one thing whoever posted that i agree this probably wasn't bill barr himself um but whoever did that would know that because of the notoriety of q that that act would be found out yes so they're either probably. going to do something they get in trouble and tip their hand that they're undercover or is it possible in your mind that, Bill, that this proves Bill Barr is not as bad as they think he is, that he's playing ball. What, what is possible? Yeah, well, uh, looking at what Barr has said and done over the last year and a half, I don't think Bill Barr is a white hat. Okay. Uh, I think that he was hired to do a job. He had the, he had the ability and he had the opportunity to do some great things. The one thing he did that was good was he got rid of, he ended the Mueller investigation. I, my personal belief ever since Barr was hired is that 
he was hired specifically to end the Mueller investigation. And he did that. Oh, okay. Um, actually, prior to his appointment as attorney general, he wrote a, what he essentially he wrote a legal brief yeah. arguing against Robert Mueller's skewed interpretation of the um, obstruction of justice statute. It's a very interesting Ooh. little story, another another rabbit trail. But uh, as an appendix to Robert Mueller's um, report on his investigation of Trump, Mueller included in there about a 20-page um, explanation of his interpretation of the obstruction of justice statute. And it's a skewed, twisted interpretation. And it shows that what they were trying to do all along with the Mueller investigation they were trying to get Trump in an obstruction of justice uh, trap. And they were ultimately hoping to charge him with that. What's interesting is before Barr was hired, he wrote a legal brief that was like 22 pages long, arguing against Mueller's interpretation of the obstruction of justice. Yeah. That brief was given to Rod Rosenstein. And then it was given probably to Trump. And Trump hired Barr as the attorney general. And I think that Trump hired Barr because he he understood this guy is going to end the Mueller investigation. He's not going to let Mueller charge me with obstruction of justice, which was what they were trying to do. I think that that was Barr's main so he, he main said, reason why he was hired. Okay, so he's hired. He got that done. Got it but done. You're saying just because he got that task I, done I think, does not make I, him a good guy. Yeah, I think Barr took the view of the deep state as as like he, he knows he's been in Washington yeah. forever. I think I think that he just felt uh, he was that was not his hill to die on. He was not going to take a bullet to try to take down the deep state. So he did what he was hired to do and got out and is now doing his own thing. I, I don't particularly think Barr has any role to play in the future. Um, I think that whoever posted these things on Twitter was told post this stuff on Twitter at this time and don't ask questions about it. Well, you know, let me take a recap, recap this. You know, that I've even said on this program a couple of times that we lost uh, one of our writers from Elijah. This has been a year ago now, probably. I don't want to be on. I'm not one of your writers anymore. Please take all my articles off because you guys follow Q. I'm sure it's a very nice Christian prophetic voice. I'm not going to say the name, but the bottom line is if you've just heard this presentation, and you have a question that something is, and you don't have a question that something real is going on with Q, where Q knows inside information about the criminalities that are going on. Uh, and I'm sure this goes much further, including uh, trafficking and all of that. I mean, you've given us some pretty almost benign, you know, there, we know this criminal, we know this is going to be arrested, or, or, or sorry, it's in the form of questions rather than the statement, but. Um, this gets much more detailed and even into much more evil stuff, doesn't it? I, I'm not a follower of Q. It does. So I don't know. Yeah. Q posted a lot about Jeffrey Epstein. Okay. Oh, he did. Oh, yes. <laughs> and and the elites of the world who uh, worked with Epstein and what they were doing. Was this uh, even before most people had even heard of Epstein? Yep. Yeah. So, wow. Uh, Q was posting about the Nexium, that the Nexium kind of the sex cult thing that was going on. Um, and, uh, before it was made public, Q posted quite a bit about, uh, Jeffrey Epstein and some of them, Ghislaine Maxwell and the, the people that worked with him and was 
getting us prepared for the fact that Elaine Maxwell and Epstein were going to be arrested. Um, Q was talking about this and giving us hints about what was going on long before it was in, in the news. Okay. Um, so, wow. Wow. yeah, Q, Q has done a good job of foreshadowing the exposure of corruption. And yeah, to clarify in, in this last minute here is the Q, um, you're, you're saying even though it, it does sound like one specific person, it's probably a group of people. Probably a team. Co co collaborating yeah. in some day, but, but they use the same terminologies and ask questions. If you keep asking questions, you can all sound like the same person, really, because yeah. why is this True. important? And yeah, well, I love it. Well, I mean, when you come back sometime soon, we'll have you uh, give us the next chapter and some of the stuff. But I mean, it gives me <laughs> a lot. Of, it gives me a lot of peace. This connects the dots for me. I kept saying, "Why if Trump has it all?" And I, it was very elementary of me to ask it then, but it seemed important at the time. I said, "Why?" Why, if he has it all, doesn't he just post it and show everybody on one of his rallies? And I, it was very simplistic because you really you have to show the people, all the people. Yep. You can't show them all at once. You have to show them a little at a time. And the only way to do it is to ask the questions, engage their mind, like we just did, like you just did. And and if you go through all of this and you go, I don't get it. I don't think Q's real. Okay, go back to sleep. That's all right. They're, not everybody's going to be awake, but most people, I think today that heard this and ha isn't yet awake to this, is awake today. I would think so. I, well, I hope so. I, I uh, think it's compelling evidence. It is compelling evidence. I mean, at some point, um, it's beyond the coincidence. You know, how how many times do you have to see it to to stop calling it a coincidence? So, well, Dave, tell people about your books. I know you've got books on Q, but whatever books you want to tell people about and how to get them, okay? All right. Well, I've got two books on Q. Uh, I follow the, the, the main subjects Q talks about. I don't cover every post. This this the main uh, subjects that Q mentions. Uh, the first book is, is called Great Awakening. Uh, sorry. First book is Come Before the Storm. Uh, second book is Great Awakening. And there's a third book in the works. Denise and I are working on it, trying to get it out. Uh, those books are not available on Amazon. <clears throat> they are available on Barnes and Noble. And there's a couple of, uh, if you're outside of the United States, you can get them shipped. Barnes and Noble doesn't ship internationally. I see that they put a link from Praying Medic. Do you want people to go to your, your website? You can go to prayingmedic.com and then go to the Q Chronicles tab or an easy way to do it. You just go to Praying Medic Books, or sorry, Dave Hayes Books, because my Q books are written under my own name. Okay. So my Q books are written under the name Dave Hayes. And if you go to DaveHayesBooks.com, there's links there to the paperbacks, U.S. and international, and the eBooks. And even though the Kindle version is not available on Amazon, you can purchase the Kindle file on that website and you can download it and send it to your device and read it. Oh, so wow. uh, just go to DaveHayesBooks.com and uh, that'll take you to give you all the links to find the books. Good. Good. Well, Dave, we'll have you back soon and um, things are really uh, heating up. They always are, but um, these things, what um, I don't understand, I don't just, just a quick between you and me and no one else listening. I don't see how Biden can remain in office many more days at the way things are going. Uh, the walls are truly closing well, in. Well, and the deep, when you say the deep state, the Dems, uh, let's just say who's, who's turning on Biden today? The Dredge Report, 
CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, all the people that stood up for him are turning on him openly, and I would say even viciously, but they try to make it sound journalistic, but you know. Well, yeah, I don't I don't think the Dems are actually going to run Biden uh, against Trump in 2024. Mm -hmm. I think Biden's days are numbered and they're going to come up with someone else to run against Trump. Yeah. My theory is this is the theory. Kamala resigns. Coincidentally, they think, you know what, uh, uh, Michelle Obama would be a good vice president to replace her. Uh, Michelle Obama's made vice president in a few days because it's an emergency. And soon after that, the 25th Amendment is applied to Biden and he goes bye bye and she steps in as president. I think that is as likely to happen as anything. I think yeah. that's a pretty good, uh, <laughs> pretty good guess. Yeah. So, all right. Well, hey, Dave, thanks a lot. It was fun. I like this. This was good. Thank job. you, Steve. I appreciate, I appreciate it. it. I had a good time, too. All right. Let's see. Tomorrow is Amanda Grace. We're actually recording her in a couple hours here, but you'll see her tomorrow. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. It's nice to be back from Israel and to the great land of the United States. And it is. It's still a great country. We're going to keep it that way. Make it more greater greater so all right god bless you everyone have a great day and we'll see you all tomorrow bye-bye this has been elijah streams thanks for listening for more episodes like this you can listen to the elijah streams podcast at elijahstreams.com on apple google and spotify join us live every weekday at 11 a.m pacific time at elijahstreams.com on rumble and facebook elijah streams is part of elijah list ministries go to elijahstreams.com give to become a partner today